Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We are live with the Combat Cast, and we are going to talk UFC 295 this week, all the big fights going on. We'll also talk about some of the fights that were made this past weekend, and or this past day or so, past 24 hours. And we'll also talk about some of the uh, fight nights going on that just happened uh, this past weekend. Before we do, Chevy, Tell people what we got coming up. All right. November 18th, UFC fight night. Allen versus Craig, middleweight matchup. November 25th, no UFC. So we're going to be talking about PFL 2023 season championships. Bunch of titles on the line there. Bunch of million dollar uh, prizes. And then December 2nd, UFC fight night. Dariush versus Shiryukin. That's a great... Uh, Sarukian. That's a <laughs> Sarukian is a <laughs> street fighter uh, move. But yeah, it's a great uh, matchup. Looking forward to that one. All right. So, yeah, some good fights coming up. I was just sharing our little podcast here with people. So, all right, folks, let's talk about what we just had this past weekend. It did not sound all that great, Chevy, but let's talk about the co main event first from this past week's fight night. Well, the co-main event was actually a great fight. That was the only really good fight uh, that was on the main card. Um, Gabriel Bonfim versus Nicholas Dalby. So Bonfim came in, heavy favorite, a bunch of first-round finishes in the UFC. I believe he was undefeated. Uh, Dalby came in 38 years old, uh, never been finished before. Um, So Dalby was supposed to be a lamb for slaughter, but... Uh, he just put so much pressure on Dalby, or uh, I'm sorry, on Gabriel. He just wore him down, uh, brought a dangerous guy into deep water, and ended up finishing him. Uh, so good on him for weathering the storm early and uh, stealing some shine off of the new guy. There you go. And uh, like I said to you before, I was going to throw a potential fight star with you, Nicholas Darby, welterweight, um, outside of that top 15 right now. But, you know, he gets the victory. I was looking at guys in the upper top 15. Michael Chiesa is still floating around there. I thought maybe that would be a guy, you know, who's got some name, some juice left to him. Maybe he's on his way out. Maybe it's one more fight. Maybe he makes adjustments, but that might be an even playing field fight right now. That's a good matchup. Tough matchup. Uh, both guys have great cardio, so that'd be good. good fight. Probably go to distance. But now, speaking of distance, a fight we didn't think would go to distance, but did. Yeah, this this fight was absolutely terrible. Uh, Jaltian Almeida versus Derek Lewis. Uh, it was a terrible fight. How dare you, Almeida, make a Derek Lewis fight boring? Um, but this is what happens sometimes. So, yes, Derek has white level, white belt level jujitsu, uh, and that was. I was shown, unfortunately. I was hoping he was going to be able to just power through uh, Almeida, but tech- technique B 
beat power in this uh, instance. So it was concerning. I did see a stat that Almeida had 21 minutes of control time out of the 25-minute fight. Uh, a lot of that in mount, and he was in, unable to get a finish. And it wasn't like he was beating up Derek. Derek didn't look like he you know, had a bruise on his face at all. Um, I, I know he has no neck, so he's impossible to choke, but you can beat him up a little bit. So uh, a little bit concerning there. Uh, I think it showed that Almeida's not quite the world beater that we thought he was. I think he's going to have trouble with some of the top-level guys at heavyweight because he was definitely a smaller. Um, but he did what he had to do to grind out a win. So good for him, I guess. And and thinking about that too, what Almeida's skill set and him moving up the rankings in heavyweight, I thought an interesting matchup for him, a very tough matchup, but I think, hey, you want to move that ladder. Curtis Blades. Right. That's who he was supposed to fight. That was the original opponent in this one. And I think that is who he would fight. That would be a good uh, test for him because he's probably not going to be able to take Curtis down. So it'll force him to stand. We know mm-hmm. that he does have uh, you know, power, but you know, Curtis also looking good on the feet lately. So good test for him. I think that should yeah, be nice. There's another guy too, I would think too, who's gonna has to he has great stand up and you know it might be an interesting he's match. so much bigger than Almeida too because Almeida really could make light heavyweight. Uh Volkov is a monster, he's huge. So yeah, that'd be a great test as well. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think that's enough for that fight night card. Let's talk about some fights that were made in the last 24 hours. Yeah, um, you know, Dana likes to come out with uh, exciting stuff to steal the thunder of, you know, the Francis Ngannou's of the world and stuff like that. So he did announce the next three um, pay-per-view event uh, headliners. So we got Strickland versus Duplice. For the middleweight belt at uh, UFC 297 in January. What do you think about that matchup? I like uh, the Driscus is actually getting the shot. Same. Well. I, I thought the same. Hamza did not deserve a shot with a win over uh, welterweight Kamaru Usman. Yeah, yeah. sure. Who, you know, he barely beat, honestly. Right. So. And, and, and in retrospect, we might look at that differently if Usman stays at middleweight. And is quite the contender that we see. But also Usman took that on short notice. So And Driscus beat Robert Whitaker. So that should be an automatic title shot in any yeah. situation. So. The only argument would be Stylebender, who's taking time off. Right, exactly. Uh but good matchup. That'll be in Toronto, I think. So uh Volkanovsky versus Topura for the featherweight belt. Volkanovsky going back down to defend his featherweight belt. UFC 298 in February. Um, what do you think about this one? He, he's taking a little bit of time off after that KO. He was strongest, supposed to fight in January, but they're moving it to February. Strongest matchup you could have if the if someone at featherweight is not named Max Holloway, you know, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Tapera has not had that kind of uh, fight with one of those other top, top guys yet. He has beaten other big names at the division, and he's looked damn good doing it. Um, if you want a marquee matchup that's fresh, this was really the only way to go because Volk was kind of beating everybody up already in the featherweight division. So I think this is a great matchup. I like it. Uh, is it enough time off for Volk? Time will tell. Um, I will say 
the quick turnaround makes it a little more interesting because Volk has been so dominant. Now he's coming off two losses, although one of them on short notice, and both to the now considered the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Nonetheless, he'll be back at featherweight, so I think it is an interesting time. And if you were going to see an upset, all the little makings, all the little things you look for are that time right now. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, this could be uh could be a bad move. Um he has just been so active when we heard him in the cage afterwards and wants to stay active. Um yeah. but look at Izzy, you know, it, being so active eventually will catch up with you. So um sure. we'll see. We'll see. I I you know, I'm rooting for Volkanovski in this one for sure, so. Um and then the third fight Sean O'Malley versus uh, Cheeto Vera, UFC 299 in March. What do you think about that one? It's interesting. Um, this, I feel like we went with the safest direction in a storyline for the new champion. Like, we didn't give him Marab. We didn't give him the toughest matchup necessarily that we could. You know, we weren't giving him wrestlers. Now, that being said, O'Malley just starts the wrestler. He starts arguably the best Bantamweight, you know, at one point. He's in the discussion, I would say. Um, it's very interesting because O'Malley keeps looking better and improving, and the way he's catching people, it's almost kind of hard to really know what we have still. Like, we know he's good. We know he's great. He's a champion. But it's like, I feel like if you put Cheeto, and I like Cheeto, but if you put him against Aljamain Sterling, uh, a couple months ago, and we had that matchup. I'd be like, why is Cheeto getting a shot? You know, he was close, but you could probably go on saying, you know, a couple of different guys here. And uh, I would have kind of thought he's probably going to get tapped or he'll lose a decision. But with O'Malley, because he's got that victory before and because O'Malley's had this kind of like interesting jump up the ladder, I find it a compelling fight, not just for the storyline. Again, I could, I would not be shocked if Cheeto walks out of here. That being said, this matchmaking, I think, was the best matchup they could pick for the new, hopefully profitable champion. Yeah, interesting because obviously uh, Marlon has that win over O'Malley that O'Malley denies. Uh, It's ridiculous, but yeah. So he has that. So there's a bit of a storyline, but why not Corey Sanhagen? He just beat uh, Marlon and also. He demolished Marlon, yeah. first of all. He demolished him. I'm a huge Cheeto fan. I love him. But he got destroyed in that fight. And, uh, you know, I'm a Corey fan, too. And also, Corey has not faced Sean, so that is a fresh matchup. So I I have to agree with you. This has to be uh, the easiest path chosen for a potential star in the UFC. UFC is trying to make money. Um, I get it, but... It's unfair. Should be Corey. Uh, with that being said, I hope that Cheeto wins and Corey gets to fight him again. I guess like it'll still. I think Corey's going to be on the sideline for a little bit. And I know that uh, Marab and Henry Cejudo are trying to get a fight together. So say you know one of them has a good showing, are they going to jump the line? You know to face Marlin if he wins because they don't want to see Marlin first. Corey again I, I don't know it's messy this is what happens when you know it's not just the best 
going against the best, you know, it's, it's an entertainment thing. Sure. And I think it's uh, been an interesting year in the UFC with the upsets of strong Sean Strickland. Um, we've seen in the past year or so with light uh, heavyweight, what's been going on with middleweight. We've seen even before Strickland won, we saw, you know, Pahara pull off that upset. Izzy gets it back. Um, the welterweight, you know, where Edwards caught Usman with that kick. To win it out. There's been a lot of in the last year, year and a half, uh, surprising victories and upsets. And I just feel like we're at a time where, again, DDP, you know, pulled that victory over off Robert Whitaker too. There's a lot of fights where I feel like we go in knowing, oh, okay, this guy's probably going to win. And it just feels like there's been a lot of changing of the guards lately. And uh, which I think makes it interesting. We have yeah. these different potential matchups now, and I don't feel it can be taken for granted who's going to win. Yeah, that's what makes the sport great for sure. Yeah. So I'm, we'll see what happens. Um, anything can happen. <laughs> so let's, All right, let's, let's, let's get into UFC 295, Prohaska versus Pahara. Um, interesting uh, matchup here. Obviously, John Jones having to pull out with that pec injury and Stipe sitting on the sidelines waiting for him by Dana's design or his own design or whatever. Doesn't matter. He's out. So, uh, Let's uh, start at the beginning of the main card. Not a whole lot going on in the prelims, so uh, nothing of note. No, it's the main card. Yeah, Diego Lopez versus Pat Sabatini. All right, Lopez is twenty-two and six, eight KOs, twelve subs, and two decisions. He's won three out of his last four. Um, Sabatini, he's interesting. Eighteen and four, two KOs, eleven subs, uh, five decisions. And he's five and one in the UFC. So I feel like he's kind of quietly been, you know, winning fights in the UFC, uh, you know, some by decision. And when you look at these guys' records, uh, Sabatini, 11 subs, Lopez, 12 subs, you know, it's almost kind of like a little mirror of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I find it interesting. I'm, I'm going to go with Sabatini. Um, I just feel like he's kind of quietly putting together a nice little resume, nice little wins. It might not be the most exciting, but I feel like uh, he's getting it done. So I'm going to go Sabatini by decision. Yeah, Lopez has been pretty exciting in his two UFC fights, but two grapplers fighting each other usually means we get a boring striking match. Um, I'm hoping both guys are well-rounded enough to make it interesting and uh, in a striking pat. In the striking match, I think I like the power of Pat more, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go with him, but I think it'll be a decision. All right. This next matchup I like. Yes. Matt Frivola versus Benoit St. Denis. All right. Benoit is 12-1-1, one, one, three KOs, nine subs. He has not won like, by decision. This guy is all finishes. Uh, his lone loss was in his UFC debut. So, you know, could have been UFC jitters. He's won four in a row, all finishers. He hasn't made it to the third round. All right. Impressive. Now, Matt Frivoa, 11-3-1, four KOs, three subs, four decisions, three in a row right now, all finishes. But this is the stat that I am most impressed with. He's coming off a finish over Drew Dober. Drew Dober is a hell of a fighter. And Matt Frivoa, I thought this was the best he's ever looked. And coming off that momentum, I'm going to go with Matt. Now, 
Benoit, dynamic, so I wouldn't be shocked either way. But I'm just really, really high on Drew Dober, so the fact that Matt is coming off that big finish, I'm going to go with Matt, and I'm going to say this is a firework fight. And uh, I don't know if there's going to be a finish here. I feel this could even be a fight of the night. So I'm going to go with Matt by decision. Yeah, we're pretty aligned here. I think this could be fight of the night as well. Um, Both guys, incredibly durable, powerful strikers. Um, I believe Benoit is the favorite, but he hasn't faced anyone the caliber of Steamroller for Vola. So um, that added in with the fact that Matt is carrying that momentum that you talked about. Um, I'm going to go with him. I think he gives Benoit his first KO loss. Mm. Uh, I I think I'm going to go with round two because I I think, uh, like you said, we're going to see some back and forth. We're going to get a bit of a war. I think right. Matt uh, stays a little bit more disciplined and catches catches him in round two. Absolutely, and let's fight. All right, Jessica Andraj versus Mackenzie Dern. I'm excited for this one too. All right, Andraj, twenty four and twelve, nine KOs, eight subs, seven decision. Former strawweight champ, heavy hitter, heavy hitter, a lot of power. Now she's lost three in a row. All right. Finishes, but you know, she's losing the top, top talent. Mackenzie Dern, 13 and 3, seven subs, six decisions. He's improved in her striking. Not saying it's going to be enough for Andraj, but uh, her keys to victory. Andraj is not going to be easy to submit, but she has been submitted. And Mackenzie Dern has some of the finest Brazilian jiu jitsu. So I would think that would be the key to victory. She's going to have to survive an early onslaught. I think I'm favoring Andraj. But for some reason, my gut is telling me when it draws on a little bit of a losing streak and going all out, and Dern, I think, being a little more patient and improving, this might be Dern's night. I'm going to pick Dern in an upset, round two, submission. Yeah, I know Andrade is a tank and has great skills, but I just can't pick her until I see her win, um, yeah. until I see her get another win at this point. I, I think her decline... In these last few fights, she just has not looked like herself. So uh, she hasn't looked like herself while Mackenzie is looking better and better in every fight, especially Mm. that, you know, that last fight where she had just gotten divorced or whatever. She was an absolute monster. She looked like an entirely different person. Uh, It it was incredible. So um, she can bring that back in. I think Mackenzie ducks under a punch, wraps her up, and gets a sub in round one. I think she demolishes Andrash. I laughed because I was thinking about some of those things where, like, uh, motivated Cerrone, um, blonde-haired Brunson, I think, divorce Dern is the new yep. fight that we have divorce, to look at. Divorce Dern, yep. Dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. All right, that brings us to the co-main event. Uh, very, very excited for this one. This one might be the one I'm the most excited about, even though it's our uh, short notice fight. Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall for the quote unquote interim heavyweight title. Yeah. You know, Dana said it best, actually. He said it's the kind of fight, you know, it may not have the name value of Joan Stipe, but these are two killers. And if you know, you know. And basically, like the hardcore fans know, like this is really possibly the two best heavyweights in the world. That's not to take a, anything away from the two other legends, but this is the fight. These are the two fighters they probably don't want to fight, right? right. Exactly. Now these guys are going to fight each other. So, uh, Sergey is 18-1, and one, 15 KOs, 3 decisions. 
six wins in a row. Other than that lone loss to Alistair Overeem, where he got caught in his USAD, he has put six in a row, all first-round finishes, and I'm just going to back up here a little bit if I could. Maybe I can't. I mean, but some of the people he's rolled over, I mean, I don't have to really look it up, I guess. Ty Tuavasa, um, you know, Derek Lewis, like he's knocking out heavy, heavy hitters too in the first round. So he's definitely got the power in this one, but that doesn't take anything away from Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall, who's also six and one in the UFC, 13 and three, 10 KOs, three subs. So all his fights are finishes too. And uh, if you look at his last fight where he lost to Blades, he basically got injured, and not his last fight, but the fight he lost prior to that. His last fight, he looked sharp as hell. And I think Tom Aspinall is the better all-around fighter of the two. I think he'll be better on the ground. I even think his striking is a little more technical. That being said, Sergey has that kind of power that can just <laughs> hurt your ancestors, right? He's just a bad, bad dude. So um, I'm going to go Aspinall here. I like Aspinall. I think the wrestling and stuff might make the difference. I think he's going to try to keep that distance and everything. And I think he's going to pull this off in round two or three, maybe get a sub or some ground and pound. Um, I'll just say ground and pound in round three. But make no mistake about it. Sergey could end this at any time early, especially with that power. So not going to be shocked if Sergey gets a first round knockout here. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that Sergey is the favorite, but like you, I'm gonna go with Tom. I think his fight IQ and all around game will get him the win. Uh he needs to be intelligent and be safe in the first uh first one or two rounds. Um and once he tires Pavlovich down a little bit, he needs to mix in his takedown attempts with that strike and keep Pavlovich guessing. Um hopefully backing him up because you don't want to be fighting on your back foot against Pavlovich when he's coming forward. Uh, he's going to land on you and he's going to put you out. So um, Tom's got to be smart, but I think he can catch him um, and uh, jump on him for a sub. I'm going to say it goes a little bit later round four, but I'm going with Tom. Okay. End of that. All right. Main event, Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pajera in a late heavyweight belt. Light heavyweight championship. Vacant light heavyweight championship. We feel like we've been doing this a lot lately, but maybe to this time we're going to get a champion. All right. Prohaska, 29-3-1, 25 KOs, three subs, one decision. He's the former champ. He only lost it because he vacated and was injured. Alex Mahara, 8-2, six KOs, two subs, former middleweight champion, elite kickboxer, Eight and two. That's the stat right there. You know, he's only had about 10 MMA fights. Uh, but, he, you know, he's an interesting, interesting um, style matchup because he's such a great striker. Roscoe will probably throw down with him. And I don't know. I think that's why I said this before we even talked about this. I thought uh, Jan, <clears throat> excuse me, Blahovich was a tougher matchup for Pajara. That brought my Prohaska. That's not to say Prohaska won't beat him. I just thought stylistically, uh, Blahovich was going to be that that worst style matchup. Now, Pajero won that. I mean, I could have saw it going either way. I think I even actually thought Jan might have sneaked it out, but it was really impressive to see Pajero's growing, growing defense and how he was able to get out submissions in that fight. 
So, and, um, you know, Prohaska did submit Glover to win this, so he's got a dangerous submission game. And the fact that Pajara has been working on his submission defense, it makes the fight really, really interesting. Um, I'm going to go Prohaska. Again, I'm just going to go with experience. I'm going to go with overall fight IQ. But there's something in my gut that says Pajara might pull this off. Like, he might knock him out. Like, this guy just feels like he's destined to be a double champ. I don't know what it is. In fact, I, forget what I said. Logically, <laughs> you should go with Prohaska, I think. But I'm going to go Pajara, second-round knockout, head kick. Yeah, I have to say that Yuri's grappling with Glover impressed me. Um, that If he takes Alex down, he should probably wrap him up and finish him pretty quickly um, just because there has not been enough time for Alex to learn all of the you know, submission defense that he would need in that situation. So, um, but you never know with Yuri. Uh, he probably just goes in and tries to mix it up on the feet yeah. with Alex because that's the kind of guy he is, um, which means I think Alex probably beats up his leg uh, with that sneaky calf kick he does, catches him with a few left hooks, uh, hurts him. Um, so with the addition of uh, Yuri also coming back from that horrific shoulder injury. We're not sure what we're going to get with that. Um, I think I'm going to go with Alex. Okay. Um, wow. I'm going to say Alex by uh, KO round four. Okay. Um, left hook. I think he lands one of those nasty left hooks on after he wobbles him with a light kick. Hey, um, I will say this too, just to counter a little bit. As you were talking, you said something very interesting to me, and I, I kind of agreed with you, but then it made me think too. You talked about Glover and uh, Prohaska had those great exchanges, and Prohaska was very impressive. But then again, who's Alex's training partner, right? Who's the guy that had those experience in there with Prohaska in the swing of things? It's Glover Teixeira. So yeah. it, it's a very interesting matchup. I, again, I just feel like, much like we talked about earlier with some fights, the timing and everything feels prime here where this guy who's only had 10 fights could end up being a double champ. And by the way, love me some Yuri Prohaska. Actually, one of my favorite fighters. Not going to be upset if he wins. But there's something very endearing about Alex Pajara and just his climb and just his association and friendship with Glover. So this is a, a case where I'm going to be happy for either guy who wins. And I uh, hope whoever loses gets back to the drawing board. And uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, I love both guys too. Alex is actually secretly very funny, which yes. uh, is great too. So, you know, he travels around with that giant head that everyone says looks like him. Um, because yes. uh, he has no um, he has no emotion in anything, but yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah, I love Yuri too though. The guy's a, a literal samurai, so yeah. um you know, I'm looking I'm looking forward to this fight for sure. Yeah, this is going to be a good one this weekend. All right, folks, Chevy, tell people we got coming up one more time. All right, November 18th, UFC Fight Night, Allen versus Craig. Then we're moving on. No UFC on November 25th. PFL 2023 Season Championships, though, we'll be uh, reviewing those for you or previewing those for you. And then December 2nd, UFC Fight Night, Dariush versus uh, Armin Sarukian. That's a great matchup. 
All right, guys, check it out. And this weekend, UFC. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 